0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Finnelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. End of the week. Time to open up that big old bag of mail. A reminder, if you want to submit a question for a future mailbag episode, you can leave us a five-star rating and a review. And in that review, put your question. We'll add it to the big old bag of mail. The, they've been bringing a smile to my face uh, as I sit down to pull questions. And we're, we're continuing to get questions that are going to have to make it in future episodes so if you've written one don't worry it is not being ignored uh or unless it's similar to another one but uh, we always keep track we try to um, make sure that we um keep them around so that they can make their way into these mailbag episodes we got great hypotheticals this week we've got some Uh, A guessing game that Tom Fernelli and Danny Cannell will be put to the task on Uh, some rule change suggestions. And of course, uh, everyone's favorite game. What's a better program? So we're going to begin with a hypothetical. This is from a question comes from the Coast Guard Bears. So, hey, if he's from the the Coast Guard and and a Bears fan, respect. Hey, guys. If a team could have their QB back on their roster in their current NFL form, but the rest of the roster is unchanged, who is crashing the CFB playoff? Is it Michigan with Brady? Is it Texas Tech with Mahomes? Love y'all. Keep up the great work and the best CFB podcast out there. So it's just a quarterback. The rest of the roster remains unchanged. You bring them back in their current NFL form. Who's who's making the leap?
2: Who's who's going to see things change? Only two choices, right? Only two options.
0: No, no. He. I think his Brady Michigan with Brady, uh, Mahomes with Texas Tech. I think he was using those as like the example, gotcha, templates. Gotcha. I mean, Uh, because
2: I would say in that scenario, I would say I would give him a really. I would. I would agree with him on Brady. I would not think Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes had enough talent around him or ever would yeah. at Texas tech. I was going to say Patrick Mahomes with the chiefs ain't all that different with Patrick Mahomes <laughs> with Texas tech. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, right? We all, we just saw this play out. So that one, I would definitely, you got one, Tom. Uh man. I think, you know, if
1: you put Russell Wilson back on Wisconsin, not the pack, not the pack. No, oh. he's not getting there with the pack. But if you put him back there on Wisconsin there, I think they'd win the West and then they'd go to Indianapolis. And I think they could give the Buckeyes a run for their money. So
0: Graham Mertz out, Russell Wilson in. You think that upgrade takes Wisconsin to the next level where it can challenge Ohio State?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, do you disagree? No, 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 no. It's it, you know, I was thinking the Ohio State. It was it. I started thinking recency, and I was like, I don't know. Bring Justin Fields back to Ohio State. They probably make it to the national championship game again. Uh, I then I started to look at. Well, um, oh, here's know,
1: one. Does Texas A&M make the playoff last year if it has Kyler Murray?
0: Yes, I w- I would say yes if Kyler Murray in his current. State ever transferred. He goes back to Texas. He goes to A&M. Texas A and M. The
2: playoff. Yeah. Does it have to be in the NFL or could it just be a former player? Because Johnny Manziel could come back too. And I but think in he his might be the difference.
0: no, but in his current form, he's video game league. Like <laughs> he's out there playing football with plays called by viewers. I I, I mean, <laughs> in his current form, makes this very uncomfortable. But I was like, I think Clemson would take Deshaun over DJ. But you know, in his current form, also includes uh, question marks about you know being able to play. I suppose. What about
2: Matthew Stafford for Georgia? Yeah, I think. And now, if the argument is who makes the him
0: for the first
1: (laughs) (laughs) time,
2: that's a great question. I don't know. Has he earned the leadership right yet, or has he learned the playbook yet? Stetson's (laughs) been
1: here every day this summer, man. I just can't hand you the starting job.
2: I would say Matthew Stafford. I would put George in the playoffs and maybe even a national champion if they had Stafford back. Cause I have a ton of respect for Stafford That's and with, one. and with the coordinator that they have now, like being more aggressive, open things up.
1: Um, this is kind of a sad one. Does Auburn make it of Cam Newton in his current form? No.
2: That's sad. I know. I don't know. Well,
1: it's been 10 is,
2: is years. It more about Cam like, is it more about Cam or is it more about the, the players around him? Both.
1: I just think like five years ago, I don't think there's a question in anybody's mind that Auburn, right. that Cam Newton is reaching the playoff. But Cam Newton, the last couple of years has been banged up.
0: He's 10. Yeah. Like 10 years ago, we saw Cam Newton throw an Auburn team, probably about like that national championship Auburn team talent level. Like I don't, I don't have the total talent composite score in front of me. But, you know, you could probably say that, like, Michael Dyer, Tank Bigsby. Like, you can find a couple spots and be like, yeah, I don't know defensively who would be the Nick Fairley on uh, on this Auburn roster that you would say was a, a real difference maker. We, we will see. But I don't think Cam Newton, in his current form, takes Auburn to the college football playoff.
1: Where's Florida State last year with Jameis?
2: A I, little better. You
1: know, like, uh, they're
2: definitely better but I don't think they're going to the playoff. They're not beating Clemson. There's just the roster, I think, is the issue at Florida State right now. More than... The offensive line, you know, yeah. like that's been an issue no matter who's been quarterback. They would have been better, would have had more production. I forgot an A&M quarterback since we were thinking about, because I was thinking about teams there. What about Ryan Tannehill?
0: Oh, in his current form?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also with Jimbo, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Now, is he playing tight end or receiver? <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> what if you brought back both? If you could bring back oh, Kyler Murray right. and Ryan Tannehill.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say, what if you bring back Ryan Tannehill to throw to Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> so which,
2: awesome.
0: which Oklahoma quarterback do you bring back and give Spencer Rattler the boot for? And don't say Caleb Williams, Tom. Baker. Baker? I mean, not yeah. probably not Jalen Hurts. You probably go Baker. Or, I mean, Tyler Murray's the other option there, too.
2: I got a question for you. If Mitch Trubisky went back to Carolina, would he start? No. (laughs) For Sam Al. I don't
0: know if he would either. In his current form, no. Right. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky in his current form. The knock against
2: him was that he can't be, and I guess looking back on it, it probably was an appropriate one because he couldn't beat out Marquise Williams for three years. Remember? And that was like some of the draft Knicks were saying, well, if he couldn't... And I thought it was unfair at the time. I'm like, you know, I I was like, good for him for not transferring and waiting his time. But then you're like, maybe if he was supposed to be this unbelievably talented player, he would have beat out Marquise Williams.
0: Yeah, the year before Mitch took over was UNC winning like 11 games, making it to the ACC championship game. They had a bunch of wide receivers that were really nasty. And Arm talent, pedigree, everything else says you probably could have had Mitch Trubisky in there, but Marquise Williams did a great job leading that offense.
2: Last one that I think we can even come up with: Darnold at USC.
0: Not definitively an upgrade. Like, like no, talking, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's an upgrade. I think okay. it's,
2: de- I think it's definitely an upgrade. But is it a? I think it's, it's a, definitely an arm strength upgrade my
1: question would be in that offense because he played at a different offense when he was there. It's right. just the problem with Darnold at USC was the same kind of thing. We're still seeing at times in the NFL. It's like the back breaking turnover was James just, Winston. Same yeah, deal. Exactly. It was always right around the corner. And it felt like every time USC was going in the right direction, anytime it got momentum, he would throw an interception that just completely took it away and they'd have to dig their way back out of it. So I think that yeah, they could probably get to the playoff with Darnold. But I don't know how much further they would get than that.
0: All right, here we go. Here's Let me,
1: here's a fun one though. I mean, I think we know the answer, but it's just it's kind of fun to think of like you know elite QBs because like Tom Brady's mentioned in the question. Can Tom Brady get Michigan to the playoff? Would Aaron Rodgers get Cal to the playoff? No. Really? You don't think in the Pac-12
2: having Aaron Rodgers? That's a good question. I you could I, 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 my initial my initial thing would be like Chip, like no way. But, like, I saw Chad Pennington come to the Dolphins and, like, turn them around dramatically. Like, and they weren't that talented. Like, Aaron Rodgers might be able to do it in his current form, the belief. But, I don't know. Like, and in the Pac-12, I think helps. Is that the
0: headline? Could Aaron Rodgers lead Cal to the playoff in 2021? And then like for SEO purposes, like future Aaron Rodgers destinations, destinations for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers rumors all in the headline.
1: There we go. Yes. Boom. Yes. There Hit. we go.
0: Um, all right. Danny, pick a number, number two or number
2: three. Uh, three.
0: Okay. Here is Chip. This is from Cabbage Rolls and Coffee is the username, but he drops his actual name. I believe it's Tony. Yeah, Tony. Chip or whoever reads this first, please do not share this with the other podcasters until you are ready to air it. Reputation is on the line for you guys in this high stakes game. We are Husker fans in small town Nebraska and obviously love our college football, but we are in no way experts. My buddy Sam and I typically over too many beverages. When we magically become experts, will often play the where did dudes go to college with from certain draft classes We read to one another the first-round draft selections and play the game with the following rules. You get a guess or two for the announced player. It's a gentleman's game, so please use discretion when playing, but we typically time each other out about 7 to 10 seconds. We disallow random guessing in a bunch of schools and randomly somehow getting it right as well. No cheating and looking ahead. That's why we don't want you to share with the other podcasters prior to the Mailbag pod. Pick a draft class and guess college is a basic idea. We tally points out of 32. We only play more than five years removed for recency bias purposes. My best range is in the early 2010s where I can get about 15 to 20 out of 32. And my buddy often hits close to that in the early 2000s. This is clearly my best recollection anyway, and after a night of chilled beverages, maybe my numbers are off, but I'm fairly certain that my best ever is 25 at 32 in 2015. Enjoy the pod, and thanks for getting me through morning commutes. Please bring back Barton saying, yes, sir, at the end of pods. <laughs> Missed that and Barton a lot, but you guys are absolutely killing it. Without him, let me know if you want me to jump on the pod to host the game. GBR, Tony. Um peace Barton. Yeah. So because Danny chose three, we're going to start with Tom with the 2012 NFL draft class. No cheating. Okay. And so I'm going to read the name. You
2: tell me, uh, hands up. So there's no Googling. Okay. So, so you tell, you tell <laughs> you me need to watch me for that. that to be fair. <laughs>
0: you tell me where they went to school. All right. Uh, and Danny, could you keep score for Tom? Sure. Okay. And then we'll have you keep score for each other. Wait, how
2: many, what's the point system again? It's just out of 32. So it's like, okay.
0: a, I'll be, I'll run through the first round and he's got to tell me what school they went to. Ready, Tom. Wait. So like, I'm, I'm okay. going to say Andrew luck and you're going to tell me. Stanford. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Andrew luck. Stanford. Robert Griffin. The third Baylor, Trent Richardson, Alabama, Matt Khalil, USC, Justin Blackman,
1: Oklahoma State,
0: Morris Claiborne,
1: LSU, Mark Barron, Alabama, Ryan Tannehill, Texas A&M, Luke Keekley. Boston College,
0: Stephen Gilmore,
1: South Carolina,
0: Dontari Poe,
1: Memphis, oh, Fletcher Cox, Mississippi State,
0: Michael Floyd, Notre Dame, Michael Brockers, LSU, Ooh, Bruce Irvin,
1: Oh, West Virginia.
0: Quentin Coples.
1: North Carolina. <laughs> Drake Kirkpatrick. Alabama. Melvin Ingram. South Carolina. Shea McClellan. Boise State. Kendall Wright. Baylor. Chandler Jones. Oh shit! Uh, Syracuse. <laughs> Brandon Whedon. Oklahoma State. Riley Rife. Iowa. David DeCastro. Stanford back when they were big and beefy. Dante Hightower. Alabama. Whitney Merciless. I L L. Kevin Zeitler. Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Nick okay. P- Nick Perry. It's one of the LA schools. Wow, wow. USC?
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. It's USC. Uh, ha- Harrison Smith. Notre Dame. AJ Jenkins.
1: ILL. Doug Martin. I- wow. Remember the time when there were two Illinois players
0: taking the in the first crowd? round? <laughs>
2: uh-uh,
0: Doug Martin. Boise State. And David
2: Wilson. For the perfect score.
1: Virginia Tech
2: no way he did it that's That's right
0: Virginia Tech is correct Uh, I think he might have been ACC player of the year it was a it was a pretty good Virginia Tech team and he was just
1: there were a couple there were a couple sketchy ones there where I was kind of guessing
2: what you sounded like you knew them all, like oh, I I
1: knew, I knew about 28 of them. There were a couple where I was just kind I of, I think like, I only knew
2: about 20 of those. Hope, hoping a prayer.
0: So, 32 of 32 for Tom Fernelli. Uh, Danny, just
2: I, do I have to do this exercise because I suck at it?
1: <laughs> then, yes,
2: yes, you do. <laughs> what year do you want to give me 96 draft class? Oh, okay.
0: I'll, I'll take that. When you did three, I was going to give you 2013, but, but it's 2013 is brutal. And if you want me to give it, give you something more in your wheelhouse.
2: No, but this will be funny because I'll have no idea on these either, but then I'll have an excuse to say they were longer further back.
0: Okay. So you, you, do you want 2013 or do you want 2003? No, I'll go, to,
2: I'll go 96, 96. Do you have it? I can get, yeah, I mean, that's my year. That's my draft class. Oh, I want to try it. Okay. First. I think I, I think that's what's going to be funny about it because I don't think I'll know.
0: All right. Uh, ready? It should be Keysha- Keyshawn, yeah, right? Yeah, was yeah. number one? Yeah.
2: All right, Keyshawn, USC.
0: Kevin Hardy.
2: <laughs> See, I, I'm not very good at this.
0: Illinois.
2: Oh, my gosh. All right, Illinois. All right. Number two pick. <laughs> Simeon Rice. Uh, Simeon Rice was... ACC, right? No. <laughs> Syracuse. <laughs> Right are colors it? with Syracuse.
1: He played with Kevin Hardy in college. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me?
2: This is ridiculous. <laughs> he, he's Illinois too. Illinois had multiple. No, we have four players and first rounders from Illinois and they suck so Sleeping fast. giant. It's a sleeping giant, kids. You need to oh go to Illinois gosh. and it is, you'll be a first round draft pick. All See, right. what's funny about this is I actually did like the rookie card shoot with Simeon Rice and like we hung out out and we did like our college uniforms so i had
1: no idea <laughs> i love that simeon rice was so good in the nfl that people are like oh he couldn't have gone to illinois
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh jonathan ogden
2: uh ucla cedric jones oklahoma lawrence phillips nebraska terry
0: glenn
2: ohio state Tim penn state michigan oh gosh Ricky Dudley. No clue. Ohio, Ohio State. State.
0: This is like, Jeez. look at the Big Ten love here in the first like nine picks. couple Illinois. I screw
2: up Bianca Batuka. All right, all
0: right. I,
1: I want, if Danny doesn't know, I'm going to say. So Danny, if you don't all know, right, so right. You don't know <laughs> yes, then I'll say okay.
0: Uh Willie Anderson.
2: No idea.
1: Auburn. <laughs>
0: Alex Molden.
2: Mississippi State. Oregon. Gosh, I suck.
1: Reagan Upshaw. That's go ahead, Tom. I don't know that one. Cal Walt
2: Harris, he played in the senior bowl with me. Was he Mississippi State? Yeah, yes, he was. (laughs) Yeah, you got that one. Bears draft pick.
0: Um, Eddie Georgi, Eddie George, never never heard of him. (laughs) Ohio State, Tennessee Tech's, uh, Tennessee State's head coach, Eddie George. Uh, John Mobley.
2: Mobley was my teammate with the Broncos. Was he Michigan? No, what's Cutstown? The Cutstown
1: Golden Bears. That's like a D three school.
0: Yeah, D two school in Pennsylvania.
1: And he went what top fifteen?
0: Yeah, number Damn. number fifteen. Uh he was du- Dwayne he must have been destroying
1: people in that <laughs> league.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the conference, the PSAC, the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference is where he came from. Uh, Dwayne Clemens. Clemson? Tom? No idea. Cal. (laughs) Reggie Brown. He's a linebacker. No clue. Texas A&M. Eddie Kinnison.
2: LSU? Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Harvin Marison.
2: Never heard of him. Never heard of
0: him. Marvin Harrison. Who? Who? (laughs) You know where Marvin Harrison went, right? Where'd he go? Syracuse. Syracuse. Uh, Daryl Gardner,
2: Daryl Gardner. Great dude. Dolphins, senior bowl teammate. AM? and m Baylor. So- Baylor. Yeah. Dang, Southwestern I conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there. I knew
0: that. Pete Kendall. No clue. Uh, Penn state tight end. Boston college offensive tackle. <laughs> Same, Same <laughs> difference.
2: <laughs> uh marcus jones that's truer than he thinks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. marcus jones north carolina that's right uh jeff hardings no clue penn, penn state penn state eric molds mississippi state yep
0: jermaine Gen- May, jermaine mayberry no idea uh texas a&m kingsville it's another it looks like another d2
1: uh pick here in the said, first round that, that's a program that sent a lot of dudes to the nfl
0: texas a&m kingsville yeah uh number 26 ray lewis
2: um john michaels no idea usc usc yeah okay
0: jerome woods
1: no clue i remember the nfl player i don't remember where he went to school
0: memphis they were independent at the time uh Jermaine stevens
1: no clue.
0: North Carolina A Let's mm. go, uh, Andre Johnson, the tackle.
1: Oh, okay. oh, uh, I, was gonna... uh, I was gonna say I, I don't remember Andre Johnson going that late in the first round. Uh, I don't know, Danny. I don't know either.
0: Uh, tackle Penn State.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Alex Van Dyke. Pitt. Nevada wide receiver from Nevada. And then finally
2: man, Pelt was the pit quarterback.
0: And then finally Leland McElroy, Texas running back, Texas A&M.
2: Oh, so close. Gosh, that I was, suck. What did I get? 10? <laughs> did I, I get a third? I don't, I think the counters broke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: I did so too. Tom, Tom blitzed through it. And then we landed in 1996. What? I, I mean, I, Who do you remember the picks that were like right around you?
2: Me? No, I remember the quarterbacks that were taken ahead of me, but I don't remember the picks. Tony Banks was the first quarterback that was taken out of Michigan state. Jeff Lewis out of Northern Arizona was taken by the Broncos. Bobby Hoying was taken by the Eagles. And then I was taken by the The New York
1: football giants.
2: Are you going to go through this? By the way, I think this guy's got a great idea. Like, I think you could do this like heads up. You can make an app and do like the names and have to match them. Yeah. This could be a moneymaker. Let's I, make it a weekly segment because I think I could No, <laughs> I don't want to. I'll lose credibility each time we do this.
0: All right. Let's, uh, here we go. This next one is from T-Stars. First, the platitudes. Bud, I've been a fan from the first time I heard you on podcast and play. Nobody glad you joined chip. You bring big positive energy every episode and it's much appreciated. Danny, while I really enjoy your analysis input and FSU stories, your fangs are receding as you age. <laughs> uh, Barton, RIP and Fernelli, keep bringing the heat where I need advice. My birthday falls on a Saturday this year, and my wife is gifting me a trip to travel to any game of my choosing for that Saturday. My game day experience starts and stops at Beaver Stadium. I live in Vermont where CFB, with the exception of the undefeated Middlebury Panthers, is non-existent. I want excitement and a good contest. Here are the games I'm considering. I'd like to hear which games locations the crew would pick for a first-time attendee. Here are the options. Northwestern at Nebraska. And he said classic Big Ten field position battle. Texas at TCU. Ole Miss at Alabama. Florida at Kentucky. Michigan at Wisconsin. Texas Tech at West Virginia. Auburn at LSU. I expect this as a default answer because Death Valley. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. Whew.
2: I think Auburn LSU is the easy one. I Yeah. I think there's three choices. I think
1: it's Auburn LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, or Michigan, Wisconsin.
0: I was kind of thinking Michigan, Wisconsin.
1: I see. I think that could be fun, but what date? What when is this?
0: Let what, me, what I was going to grab that next so I could figure out what, uh,
2: what and the Bama the, game is in Oxford or is it in Tuscaloosa?
0: It, it is in, in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa.
2: Yeah. See, if it was then in I Oxford,
1: think, that would be my,
2: yeah, me too. Go to, so, that one just dropped a notch for me. Yeah. And the, the game, the Wisconsin games in Madison.
1: Yep. Yep. But it's in, it's the Michigan game. Eh, that's early October. That won't be too bad. That's perfect. Um, Falls,
2: yeah. Yeah, leaves changing. See, my
1: thought here is, I think best atmosphere is far and away going to be the Auburn LSU game at Tiger stadium. That would be a great time. It's just, I don't know if the game's going to be that great. I think that, Alabama Ole Miss would be a lot better if it was in Oxford but I think that that game could be huge like I don't I don't think any of us have Ole Miss winning the SEC or anything it's just as we've talked about Ole Miss is one of those teams that really gives Alabama problems and it could be one of Alabama's biggest tests and it's like if Alabama's going to lose a game that might be the game it loses so you might be able to say you were at that game Michigan, Wisconsin is kind of the similar situation to LSU, Auburn, where it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, and it could be important, but it could also just be Wisconsin beating up on a Michigan team that finishes eight and four.
2: Wow, I think that's a but huge game. You could game. also you all that's the risk that you run. Yeah. I do think the Auburn LSU is probably the most competitive game, no matter what. Yeah. and I think, then I would go, then I would go uh, Wisconsin the Michigan, Wisconsin. And then I do think like as much as we're all good on Ole Miss, like there's also a chance. That, there's a
1: huge blowout factor.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like that could, and like you're telling me that Saban isn't bothered by everyone last year who said, look at all the numbers that Ole Miss put up against Alabama. Like some of that's going to get addressed.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Like, I think that the reason that that's compelling is because Ole Miss said, you know, we're going to score 40 and Alabama said, well, that's fine because we're locked and loaded to score 60. And is the new Alabama offense, if put to the test, if they're in a 14-0 hole, are they going to run through Ole Miss? Yeah, they are actually that they probably are. Like I just, I just imagined Ole Miss's defense, even against a reloaded Alabama offense. And I, I don't think, uh. Yeah, I think Alabama probably wins that game. I throw out Northwestern Nebraska. I throw out Texas at TCU. Um, I throw out Florida at Kentucky, though much love to the big checkout line at uh, Kroger Field. Texas (laughs) Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia is a really good environment, though. Texas Tech at West Virginia is like, yeah, yeah, you're you're going bottom half, big 12 standings. And then Auburn at LSU, uh, absolutely uh, a, a fantastic option. That's... Very good birthday present, no matter what. I do
2: think, and I want to update right. Like we need to find out what yeah. goes down. T stars, do let's Texas know. TCU. Texas TCU is
1: low key a good time that I don't think. Um, but would you do ones. it in
0: Fort Worth or would you rather have it in Austin? Because <coughs> oh, I'd, I'd rather have it in Austin. I'd rather have that no game in Austin. That was going to be my. Uh, that was that was going to be like my my pivot because I think TCU Texas is a great game. Like I think competitively, it would be a really really fun game to go to. But I'd rather be in Austin for that one.
1: Uh, you could also do Illinois and Charlotte in Chena <laughs> Or if you really miss Barton, the Vanderbilt Commodores will be hosting the UConn Huskies that Saturday oh, at Vanderbilt Stadium. Guaranteed in win. In let's Nashville, go. Which is, I think. I, I mean, I recruiting somebody...
0: weekend. Let's go. Like, this is where we want to get everybody in. Parents weekend, homecoming. Let's mm-hmm. do it all against UConn. Just...
2: And if the CMAs were there, then, like, it's jackpot. <laughs> <Yes>. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Buy some
1: cover three fall. gear from the store, wear it to the game, and be loud as hell with signs about Barton.
0: Okay. Uh, so, good T-Stars, uh, follow up and let us know what you chose, and then uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll link up with you prior to that October 2nd date. And happy birthday on October 2nd. That is a fantastic gift to be able to, to choose anywhere from Vermont to go land and, and go to college football. Um, look forward to hearing about that.
1: Also, my birthday's October 3rd, so.
0: So what it's are you getting, birthday. Tom?
1: Yeah, where's where am I going? Where are you sending me?
0: I'm sending you to Champaign to go see Charlotte in Illinois. Oh,
1: <laughs> hey, Charlotte doesn't know what's coming.
0: Coming up on the other side, we spend a lot of time, uh, you know, thinking about who might be the next USC head coach. And we've got some names that we always throw there, but what if that happens and who would replace that head coach? We'll answer that and more of your questions next. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together?
1: Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right. This next one comes from Wessie. Uh, Wessie says, best CFB pod. Not close. Informative energetic and entertaining penn state fan by marriage still paying for her degree so i've earned the right to root for them over james madison shout out to student loans uh so you guys talk somewhat regularly regularly about how james franklin remains the best fit to replace clay helton at usc if that were to happen in the next few years who would y'all identify as the top slash most realistic targets to replace him Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell are probably the most obvious answers, but could you foresee Penn state having difficulty attracting either guy? And are there other names that would not be that you would not be surprised to see connected to the job and who should we as Penn state fans hope for?
1: Well, I think the questioner nailed the top two targets. Fickle and Campbell. Yeah. Fickle and Campbell are the first two places I'd go. Number three on my list, and again, this isn't a guarantee of somebody that you'd be able to lure away. But the third person on my list would be Mark Stoops.
0: Great hire, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that makes a ton of sense. He's from Ohio, so he's and he's obviously at Kentucky. You know, they've recruited in the state of Ohio very well. He's got Big Ten connections. He's got history in the conference, and maybe you know, you could be like you know. You've done a great job at Kentucky, but you've kind of reached what your ceiling is there. If you come here, you can compete with Ohio State. You could compete for playoff first, especially in an expanding field era. So I think that would be where I go. Because I think that honestly that would just – I think Fickle and Campbell are one and two, but I think Stoops would be a tremendous fit for Penn State.
2: What do you think of going to the Tuscaloosa Coaches Rehab Clinic in Bill O'Brien? a year – I mean, I know it's a laughable thought now at the way things unfolded with the Texans, but he's already been there. There's familiarity. He helped the program through an incredibly tough transition. Like if, if, because like Sark was somebody that was kind of left for dead too, you know, and he's able to kind of rehab his image and parlay it into another job. I don't know if Bill O'Brien goes back to the NFL, but if he wanted another head job, I would see it being attractive for him. And I could see Penn State, getting in that mix.
1: But are there still kind of some raw feelings there though?
2: Maybe. Cause maybe I, so. I think that some people kind of felt abandoned. He left too soon. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't think that would be, if he has a good season, I don't think it'd be terrible because he's obviously been there. He knows the lay of the land, but I don't think mm-hmm. that would be at the top.
0: So when we take a step, I, I would say that maybe a little bit step down and you start to think about like, what would be some more like realistic potentials just because of the potential Penn state connection, if Joe Moorhead is tearing it up uh, as Oregon's offensive coordinator and you obviously love what he was able to do at Penn state, that could be an option for him to come back. Uh, I think that you obviously have a, a head coach at old dominion. Who's another former offensive coordinator and Ricky Ronnie. If this is a few years down the line and he, you know, he's got ODU playing at a really high level. And then depending on how things go at Maryland, like would Loxley with all of his DC connections, would he leave Maryland? Like, would he be lured away to to go to Penn State? Because if you are Penn State, hiring Mike Loxley is opening up. Like, you're already trying to recruit that DC area, but then to have him on your side, I think would be a, a huge boost in recruiting. So I was thinking yeah, Mike that Loxley.
1: Such a tough sell. To. That is such a oh, fan base. Oh. It's just hey, we Lossley's. hired Maryland's
0: coach, the team that finishes behind us in the division every year.
1: <laughs> and it's not, and not even, yeah. it's also just, you know, his career record. Cause it's like, I don't think Maryland's going 11 and one this year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. That's like, true. I
1: think just from a pure recruiting angle. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't think the fan base would be all that enthusiastic about it. I would guess, honestly, it's probably a coordinator that we're not really sure of yet. Maybe Morehead, maybe Morehead, but I'm saying it's it's not like a name that we know quite like a, a household name. Not somebody that seems like an obvious choice.
2: You don't think it'll be it, like because I think Fickle's a long shot because of the Ohio State connection. Yeah. Campbell swears he's happy at Ohio or Iowa State. What about a Jamie Chadwell? Because it seems like uh, Napier's Southern. You know, if that was the next kind of if he backs it up and has another incredible year. For Coastal, you could see that one maybe making some sense. Again, maybe. some of this has to, like, if, if you guys are right and Helton gets fired and Franklin's there in one year, we might be having this conversation. Jamie yeah. Chadwell,
0: if he plays this into Penn State, that is the most, that is one of the best breaks that you could have because, the, like, this Coastal Carolina success is recent. Like, this is, mm-hmm. we have been a, a nuclear just, like, explosion onto the scene. If, if he can do another double-digit win season, uh, that would be very, very impressive,
1: Penn State fans. But let us know who you think it should be if James Franklin leaves. Leave or us who you want.
0: Leave us a five star review and yeah. tell us who you would want to replace it. We're already sending James Franklin to USC. Apologies to <laughs> USC <laughs> it's fans. It's done deal. Yeah,
2: you heard it first.
0: Okay, this one is. Uh, this is another hypothetical, and I know that it's. Uh, you know. That it's got some layers to it, so we're, we're going to have to really be sharp here to, to make sure that we understand what they're, what they're looking for. Uh, this is from Rev. The pod of pods. Not only is the content great, but, Tom, conviviality? What's that conviviality. word? Conviviality. Conviviality he says the conviviality feels genuine and welcoming. Genuine and welcoming are great. I'll take those, but I don't know what that other word means. Listening to this pod feels like hanging it out means with some being friendly. <laughs> cool. Uh, listening to this pod is like hanging out with some old friends who love college football as much as I do. Of course, the host may not know it, but I suspect their voices helped get a lot of folks through a pretty tough year. I know that's true for me. Here's my question. The playoff committee has just announced the field for this coming season, and all the headlines are amazed that none of the four contenders who made it had even won their respective conference in the playoff era prior to this year. Who
2: are the teams? Never made it or made it the last year.
0: Haven't won their conference since 2014.
2: Uh... Wisconsin, Wisconsin's a good one. I had UNC or Miami, but those are those are good. Shock ones. of all shocks, yeah. But yeah. if we're going here, Wisconsin,
1: Texas. Mm. Mm. God, so i I'm trying to think of who in the SEC it could be. I mean, I guess Texas A&M, but I don't know if that's a shock. You know what I mean? Well, I I think it would be. It it fits the criteria. It fits the criteria
0: of haven't won your conference
1: since 2014. So for me, it's Wisconsin, Texas, Texas A&M, which, oh, my God, can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) And then it's either going to be North Carolina and Miami from the ACC or Arizona State from the Pac-12. Good
2: call.
0: He said, I, I left this last part of the question. He said, who are the teams? And if Arizona state is not one of them, why are you wrong? <laughs>
2: <That's great.
1: laughs> yeah. Arizona state has to be one of them because it's the other ones have won conference titles.
0: Yeah. Washington, Oregon, <laughs> and USC have all won conference titles in the PAC 12 since, uh, 2014 in the big 10, you mentioned Wisconsin, uh, Penn state has won a conference title mm-hmm. Um, of course, Ohio State and no, no Michigan.
1: No, I mean, well, yeah, their consideration. It's just, I think even if it's a shock hypothetical, Wisconsin's got the much easier path than Michigan does. For sure. And then, plus they've got Russell Wilson back as we've gone an earlier question. <laughs> yeah. So, duh. Uh,
0: and in the
2: big 12, is Texas the, the only option? No. TCU, TCU won it. And they had to split. They, they had they to split, split yeah. in twenty fourteen.
1: So TCU and Baylor out of the question. Oklahoma State's a viable possibility. I um, just have
0: so much trouble. Like you can't lose that much to Oklahoma and have me yeah, like out here saying like, you know what? This is the year. I am <laughs> not not going to do it. Not going to be out here. So UNC, Miami, Wisconsin, Texas, Texas A and M, uh, Michigan, Arizona State. Yeah. That's that's probably your pool that you are picking from.
1: What what would happen if Texas and Texas A and M met in a title game?
2: Oh my gosh! <clears throat> like,
1: would we survive Incredible. as a species? Yes, <laughs> we would. You sure? Yes. Would we? Maybe we would just, you know, oh, never mind.
0: All right. So, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'll say this from the perspective of somebody who has stared down when in my like childhood and college, you know, days, I have stared down potential uh north carolina duke ncaa tournament matchups and the sentiment is always the same you don't want it because winning is not as much as losing like you whatever you would get from beating duke in the final four is smaller than the devastation you would feel from losing to duke in the final four so you almost just wish the game hadn't been played i wonder if texas and texas a&m fans feel the same way where it's like I, I don't want to play them in, t- in a title game because there's a chance we'd lose. And if we lose, like if you're Texas and you're like, if Texas a and beats us for the national championship, we are never, ever, ever going to live this down. And it's like, you don't even want the, the, the risk factor there.
2: And it's not like a rivalry game where you get a chance to avenge it the very next year. Like, you could have to sit on that for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, especially with Texas A&M, like, the no national championships since way back in the day. And Texas has been able to to hold that over them. Um, yeah, I don't – I hope that we would survive as a species, Tom. It's a football
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, like <laughs> – well, uh, uh, it's Whatever. Twitter may know. not survive. It might I work. don't know if I don't know if we'll want to survive as a species. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, here we go. Love the pod. You guys always deliver great content while also being very informative and cheeky. Question for you guys. Had a long conversation about which program is better between Michigan State and Tennessee. I won't tell you which way I was thinking, but let me know your thoughts.
2: Is this a serious question? Do you think the answer is easily Tennessee? I do. I, I mean, I. let me – because I, I want to make sure we don't tick off many Michigan State fans. I just think there are a lot of reasons why it's significantly swayed toward Tennessee. I think you have better history. I think you're in a better portion of the country closer to talent. I think your conference is slightly better positioned – than Michigan state uh, you have the state to yourself. There's no school that's looming over you that most player in this, again, this is going to Michigan state. Fans no, 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 no. But sure. Most players would probably rather go to the other school in your state. I just think there's a lot of significant challenges for Michigan state that Tennessee doesn't have. And Tennessee has been a dumpster fire, but I'm looking at, all right, if you can get both programs back to relatively healthy positions, I still think Tennessee is the better job.
1: I, yeah, I mostly agree. I, I, although I, I don't know. I mean, only school in, in the state, Vandy's coming. Memphis is oh, there. That's
2: right. My bad. Hang it. But, but sorry, Barton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that most of your arguments are the correct ones though. Cause I, I think that Michigan state, you're never going to be Michigan. And even after Barton and Clark Lee improve Vanderbilt into SEC East division contenders, It's still going to be a while before they have the history and the reach of Tennessee within that state, just based on what Tennessee has done. So I think, yeah, Tennessee's probably the better job, which would make it the better program in theory. But I think recently, obviously, Michigan State's had far more success. But I also think that the success that Mark D'Antonio had at Michigan State could kind of skew things a bit to even make this a question to consider, which I don't think that... I mean, I know Michigan State's had plenty of historic success in the past. Like it's won national titles, but I mean Nick Saban couldn't win there.
2: And but I do think if you wanted to try to make a case where Michigan State was better, I think the volatility of the Vols fan base, like you could go ten and two, but if you lost to Florida and Alabama, you could get fired right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's the, the expectation of, we want to be back when we were Philip Fulmer, you know, years. And I don't know, like you go, I don't know. But that being said, Mark D'Antonio came under a lot of heat towards the end of his tenure too.
0: The, uh, what was it loyalty to his assistants that ended up being like mm-hmm. one of the big gripes down there near the end. And Tom, if I remember correctly, have you said on this podcast that Lansing is, a uh, very nice place.
1: Oh, it's a wonderful campus.
0: Yeah. I, I want to get up there because I'm part of me is thinking about being uh, in Knoxville for bad Tennessee teams and still seeing an awesome game day environment and still seeing the, like, tens of thousands of fans that are still showing up and going through the rhythm. Like, why? Because they live, you know, two hours away or an hour and a half away because, like you mentioned, Danny, it is one program. It is the flagship program for the state – and so everything just like kind of descends on Knoxville for that one day. And the environment is really fun. And it's like a, it's, it is the sign of a healthy program. And then they kicked the ball off and they got thumped, right? Like everything looked like, like man, this is a really competitive program and so to have that loyalty i mean it is volatility from the fan base without a doubt but like to have that loyalty i think that's a a great thing in terms of when we're judging programs and i have not been to michigan state to take in the game day atmosphere i do want to um, preferably more like in the late september early october than like november 14th rainy and 42 degrees
1: (laughs) october 2nd hosting western kentucky Could be an opportunity. Or if you prefer the week before on September 25th, they're hosting Nebraska. Okay. See, now that's like you're right. If you're going to East Lansing for a game, You want to go in September, late September, early October. You don't want to wait till too late in the season.
0: And then you're like welcoming it. You're like, oh, it was so hot back in North Carolina, and this is just
2: awesome. And it's crisp. The humidity is gone. All right, still dicey though. (laughs) I've been to East Lansing. Still dicey, even in October. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. You still might catch 42 and rainy. Change color a little bit. It's getting a little prettier.
1: All
0: right. Uh, Last question. This one comes from Nate. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Danny's like the Norm McDonald of college football. That's a great... I think that's a good thing. He said, Norm (laughs) McDonald of college football with SEC comments going for that, oh, response, much like Norm did on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. Very punk rock. Uh, We've seen recent rule changes in football, and I've got one more to try. If a coach or player is about to be ejected, they can either take the ejection as is or they have to remove one player from the field for the rest of the game. Thoughts? Thanks guys.
2: Wait, Nate. What you get to pick which player you send yeah, off?
0: I think I think that's the idea is like if if your star defensive end is about to be ejected in in which case you would get to replace him with a substitute.
1: How quick is that kid entering the portal? You
2: Exactly. Can- <laughs> 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 But is there any doubt it's like the kicker or the punter that's getting run to the locker room? Well, I
0: think you've got to play with 10 players on offense and defense for the rest of the game. That's why when I sent in the the notes, I was like the red card because I I heard this question and I was like, oh, you're talking about like playing a man down in in order to keep your coach or star player like whoever was going to be ejected.
2: I like the rule now. Now that I understand it better, I kind of like it.
0: You've got to start adjusting your defense to play nothing but like zone coverage. Like everything changes offensively. We start put in a running
1: quarterback to get the numbers right. I it it depends on who I'm playing. Yeah, because like if I'm playing a passing team, I'll take out my defensive tackle because I don't really need to worry about him running on me. And then if he tries to run, now I've got them doing what they're not good at. So it's like that kind of situation. But do you like yeah, the rule? totally.
2: But that would be a, a great element of strategy to it. Of all right, <laughs> if you're going to keep your DN who you so just bad. got a oh, late on the late on the quarterback and got ejected, then what position are you going to take off the defense like that? And I think it totally would matter against what team you're playing. Is their quarterback any good? Are they throwing the ball? They are running the ball. So I kind of like it. I would. I would
1: rather lose my star player
2: than take a player off the field and
1: remain full strength.
2: Yeah, I'd rather because it depends you have, on the player. Like if it's a quarterback, obviously, you're probably going to take the quarterback. But quarterbacks don't. Get I would,
1: I would rather. Yeah, I'd rather have my backup quarterback than get rid of my my left tackle. I like you know it. what I mean? I, I know. Like, I know. It's the number advantage. Like everything that you do when you're scheming to like move the ball on offense is looking for a number advantage. So if I'm getting rid of a number, I'm essentially cutting off one of my limbs. It's the same thing on defense. There's nothing you can't stop the offense if they have a numbers advantage on you. That's why the mobile quarterback and the RPO has become so, you know, powerful.
2: Well, this could be a a good I don't know if we could do a whole pod on it. But then the question becomes which players in college football history were good enough that you would rather play with 10 than lose them. Like if you were at Pitt, would you want to lose Aaron Donald? No, you'd probably be better off playing with 10. You know, like there's, and there's only a very select few players who you would want, but I think you can make a case for some of them. So I was
0: thinking about who are the players that make you feel comfortable dropping? Because for the offensive side of the ball, it's got to be a mobile quarterback for the plus one advantage. And I think defensively, it's got to be one of those like Ed Reed, middle of the field, do it all safety, incredible closing speed. Like you're like, Hey, we're, we're going to drop. We're going to drop a man, but it's okay because we've got this guy out there who it already seems like he can cover double the amount of ground, and then that ends up being his job to go out there and play center field, try to keep everything in front of him.
2: What a great experiment it would be to see, like, if you lost one defender, like, because you imagine if Bama lost a defender in the outrage of the other opponent or anybody, if, you're, if your offense couldn't score – on a defense that had 10 players, like that coach is fired as soon as he gets there on Monday. Like he's done. Are you kidding me? You couldn't score against them? Like that dynamic alone would be fun to watch unfold.
0: I feel like we do see it, uh, number one, on I guess like coverage busts, but more specifically when – When a cornerback like gets their uh, ankles broken at the line of scrimmage or all of a sudden just like slips, someone slips and falls. And every single time a defender slips and falls, not every time, but you see a 40-yard touchdown. And so what is it like to play defense a man down? Think about when somebody slips and see how quickly the uh, the game gets out of hand.
2: But that's not prepared for it. Yeah. (laughs) See, like if you schemed for it, I think that's what gets interesting.
0: I would not have predicted that – Danny was in on the college football red card. <laughs> oh man!
2: And Tom, well, like for instance, for instance, we used to run a nine on seven drill. Uh, you know, when I was like an inside drill, and you have an numbers advantage, but not every play was going to run for thirty yards. You know, it was just a strictly running drill, and there would be an advantage, but you wouldn't always win that matchup. No, mm. but you'd win it
1: enough where it didn't matter. <laughs> Yes, that is true.
0: (laughs) And Tom repping full Italia gear to celebrate the start of Euros. Not biting on the red card.
1: No. no. Who's in the group? In in Italy's group? Yeah. Uh, Turkey. And uh, hold on. I know we play Turkey tomorrow. Or today. Ooh. Uh, Turkey.
2: More importantly, are we betting it?
1: turkey switzerland and wales so italy
2: cruising yeah cruising and like
1: turkey's
0: probably the second turkey's maybe the second best in that group Mm.
1: (laughs) they could be i think i think switzerland's pretty good switzerland's got a lot of talent i think wales is probably the worst team in the group but they're still not a bad team they've got some really good players
0: do you have any futures or or are you just? okay what are your euro futures
1: uh well i've got italy winning group a because duh uh for my hold on i can open it up here
2: real quick for you
1: i was not prepared for this segment
2: are these uh will these be on uh cbssports.com like are these official picks (laughs) are these Fornelli personal account (laughs) these are (laughs) Fornelli personal accounts love it we're getting insider access right here Anyways, I've
1: got Italy to win it at 11 to 1. I know that. I've got Italy to win their group at, oh, God, like plus 150. Nothing crazy. Uh, Team Futures. All right. To win, France is the favorite at plus 460. Honestly, probably the best bet. But England at 6 to 1, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a Michigan situation where the fan base is just so huge that the sports books have to cover their ass just in case I love my favorite long shot right now is Portugal at eight to one CR Portugal, seven, baby. Yeah, they that's a really, really good team. And they're in, quote unquote, the group of death with France and Germany. But all three of them can get through based on the rules. And also, I think I think most people don't realize that while Germany is still Germany, it's not. The great Germany from not too long ago. Like it's kind of a transition time for them. They're getting old in a lot of key places. So I don't think they're that strong. So yeah, I would go France, Italy, Portugal. And then for another long shot, not to win it, but to reach the semifinals at plus 350 most places, take Denmark.
0: Denmark. A little mm. dark horse. All right, let's. Danny and I are out here, like, got it, got it. Right <laughs> and, and you, uh, cover three listeners. I hope that you all have it too. A little bonus Euro picks here uh, to get your uh, podcast rolling on a Friday. That action starts soon, so be sure to go and uh, go ahead and get those picks in. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli, You can follow him at Danny Canell. You can follow me at Chip Underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Forza Zurich.